0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Helpful Huddle podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today. In our episode today, I get the opportunity to interview Paul Bings. He is a really good friend of mine and someone I have actually gotten to personally work beside and with. You are in for a treat as we dive into his story and how he has helped so many people. Hopefully, you'll learn a little bit about the cardiovascular health along the way. So turn your volume up, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Helpful Huddle podcast. I am your host, Luke, and I'm actually sitting here with a very good friend of mine, Paul. Paul, say hi to the people. How you doing? And Paul, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't 100% know how to pronounce your last name. I think it's Bings.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of like kind of like the bangs on your forehead, basically, is how most people say it.
0: But how is it supposed to be said?
1: Uh, well, I think the question is really is, is how is it supposed to be spelled and pronounced, which is all in another country over in you know the Nordic countries. And when my grandparents got here, they uh, misspelled the name and he kind of was questionable whether he was actually supposed to be on the boat or not. And so he said thank you and he <laughs> went on his way, and that's how we got the name, and however it get, got pronounced was how it got pronounced. So so I think we're the only ones in the world. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's I don't think there's a right or a wrong way, to be honest with you. You know? Um, but
0: it's however I we love it.
1: it, I guess, because we're the only ones with it.
0: There you go. I like it. Good for you. Know. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just Quick backstory for our listeners, viewers, whoever it might be, of how you and I originally met. And like a number of people that I've had on this podcast, we met through lifetime. Um, We actually originally met when I was a trainer at a club that we were just talking about that the club was ready, but the team maybe not so much was ready, Um, (laughs) one might say. Um, But we really actually started to get to know each other um, when we grand opened one of the downtown Houston clubs together, and you were the metabolic specialist, and I was one of the assistant managers.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, um, Yeah, I I vaguely remember meeting you um, at Cypress, but that was because Mm -hmm. I didn't spend a lot of time with you. I spent a lot of time with a part of your team, and uh, obviously then at the grand opening of, of the, uh, of our Greenway club, we, you know, spent tons of time together, uh, long before that club even opened yep. So that's when I really, uh, really remember getting to know you and hanging out with you and, um, and, uh, and, and just seeing, you know, like, like, wow, like the, you know, the people coming behind us, the younger people, like,
0: man, there's some exciting stuff going on, you know? <laughs> and here and here both of us are not working for them anymore or in fitness so <laughs> there's that
1: <laughs> true absolutely it's funny how that works but you know when a pandemic comes along and it changes everyone in the world's life i think it you know y- y- you were part of the world so
0: for sure hey i'm pretty sure in moneyball they said adapt or die so we adapted um <laughs> Absolutely. And adaptation
1: has a lot to do with cardio, which we'll probably find out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So to preface what we're going to be talking about uh, today is cardio basics, cardiovascular activity, things of that nature. Um, Paul was, like I said, the metabolic specialist, which for when I was working at Lifetime, I would just say that you were the cardio guy um so this is exactly where i i wanted to bring you on and we'll be doing multiple episodes of this we're gonna build off of each episode um but i wanted to kind of start off this whole interview and this podcast with kind of learning more about your story and what got you into being this cardio spec i don't know if you're actually a cardio specialist but i i feel like you are because you know so much and that's all i know you from (laughs) but i'm gonna kind of just hand the mic to you now. And I want to just yeah. know your story and how you got to this point.
1: Cool. Okay. Um, so I did not start off in any kind of health or wellness. Um, you know, I, I was always active when I was young. Um, I did play sports, um, you know, going up through most of school. Um, by the time I got to high school, I wasn't um, on any real um, like official team sports. I did some club team stuff. And, um, um, and then basically when I went to, I originally went to college in, in, Phoenix and, um, but I was very active in, in, in a job that I always kind of had where I was outside I was climbing on roofs, climbing through attics, and doing a lot of things. Um, very physically active, um, for the entire time when I did move to Phoenix originally, like I had a bike and that's how I got around. I rode my bike everywhere. And a lot of people know me because, you know, I teach a lot of cycle classes. I rode my bike around in, in Houston or, or wherever I was at. And people always kind of thought, well, he's like a bike guy. And, it, and probably not as much as some of those people that are out there doing, you know, a, a lot of events or, you know, rides every couple of days and every weekend long rides and so forth. But I do enjoy being out on a bike. Um, and, um, and so that's always been a big part of, of kind of just me. Um, uh, I always enjoyed being on a bike more than running, for instance. So um, when I did a triathlon, I always said that, um, yes, I run because at the end of a triathlon, you got to run. So, you know, so I did. So I did a lot of that as well. But coming up through that, I eventually moved to the East Coast. Met my, my wife, who is a um, who was a big basketball star at the school that I went to, Liberty University. Um, she uh, became the all-time leading scorer ever in school and conference history. Um, took the team to the NCAA tournament um, all four years. Started a streak of something like, wow. uh, like 10, 15, 20 years in a row, something like that, um, of going to the NCAA. And her, her freshman year was the year that they, that they started that and turned it around um, and made their first tournament ever for the program. So she was always very active, obviously. Um, and she's, she's from Russia. And, um, when we first got married, you know, we, uh, we did, um, have a couple of bikes and we went on rides. Sometimes she would run while I would ride. Uh, we moved eventually to North Carolina and I was in mortgage, um, finance at the time, didn't really enjoy it, but I did enjoy the money. Um, and then when the market started to crash in 2007 and, um, 2008 timeframe, I was, um, at... Uh, a gym that was eventually bought by Lifetime. And I was uh, teaching some group fitness classes. I was teaching things like uh, Les Mills RPM, which is a cycling class. Obviously, it's where I started off. Um, Really enjoyed that. And um, due to that, obviously, was getting into things like heart rate, um, monitoring that type of thing, although not necessarily understanding everything that I was seeing. Uh, And not necessarily doing everything that I needed to be doing properly to see um, the results that one might necessarily want. But seeing that I was, you know, much healthier than I had been. So it's very happy with that. Teaching other classes like body pump, um, core classes, things like that. So um, when the um, financial um, crisis kind of hit during that time, of course, being a mortgage broker was not a good thing to be. Um, You couldn't really make very much money doing it. So I was transitioning more and more into um, the health and wellness um, sphere and eventually um, became a full-time trainer um, with a predecessor of Lifetime. Well, not a predecessor, a a club that was bought by Lifetime called Lifestyle. And um, so I was working there as a a full-time trainer for several years. Um, And then eventually in 2011, we were bought um, by Lifetime and became a part of that team. Through that transition of, of um, um, Lifetime purchasing us, um, was my eyes were opened up into a lot of really new cool things that Lifetime um, had to offer that a lot of other gyms don't have to offer. in in the sphere of technology, in the sphere of understanding um, how the entire um body operates not just you know um lifting and let's get stronger or let's do a bunch of cardio and try to lose some weight or you know whatever the general population thinks when they walk into a gym this is what I want to do and maybe I'll get a trainer to help me you know to do some of this lifetime is much more um educational based where you like you have to kind of like learn how the human body works a lot better you have to start to put these pieces together and if you don't you're going to get left behind and in some cases maybe not even work for a lifetime anymore maybe you go back to uh, another gym who you know they just lift weights or they just you know do whatever they, they um they do they just provide a, an arena for people to get somewhat healthier you know um so during that i was very very intrigued with that because i'm always somebody who is very into um, learning new things. I'm always reading things. And at that point, I'd already started reading some books about um, what um, heart rate and uh, training have to do with each other and had started to kind of understand um, some things about that and started to kind of experiment even a little bit on myself um, to see some of these results and what my uh, what my heart rate adaptations were going to be. Although at the time I didn't really understand what it meant for my entire body, I just meant I just I was approaching it almost like a like a Western medicine type of a thing of of let me focus on the cardio or the heart Um, and that's that something that should be done but I didn't understand the entire impact that it has throughout the entire body and I think that that's something Mm -hmm. that. I think you'll agree, Luke, that Lifetime is very good at helping us to learn and present that type of information to us. Um, so for sure. during this uh, process, uh, I decided that I wanted to become a metabolic specialist. Uh, I was turned down the first time, um, which if um, if you know, many people are probably like, like me, um, that if you get turned down for something, it just kind of. Pisses you off, you know, and and says makes you want to do it more, <laughs> you know. And so uh right. I started to dive in even deeper on on some of this stuff. And I started to literally spend every minute that I wasn't with a client with the metabolic specialist that we had at our club who was running a test or uh with my client who I had signed up to be on a metabolic test with our metabolic specialist. And I started to learn what it had to do with my training and um, how it impacted it and how I could get better results. And so that when that person eventually left and went somewhere else, then naturally who was gonna be that club's metabolic specialist, right? It was gonna be me because I was the guy who already, Uh, had this passion for it and was so involved in it. And, um, and that's what I was, um, encourage people to do. This is just an aside. And I think this is a, a big point with you, uh, uh Luke as well is, is is follow what your passion is and what your dream is. You know, if, if it's something that you're interested in, um, go for it. Yeah. And that's what I did. So I went to become the best metabolic specialist that I could, the thing about it was, is every time that I turned around, my eyes were open to new things. Um, How, how the, how the heart affects the entire body, how, uh, you know, it um, really is just an indicator in many ways when you're working out or when you're not working out of your, of stress levels that are on your body and how working out is a stress, but how uh, mental stress is a stress, how Um, not getting enough sleep is a stress how eating the wrong way is a stress or not a stress and your heart rate can actually um, tell you a lot of those things and so I started to learn a lot of those things and I started to um, really um, just just get deeper and deeper into um, studying this uh, learning who are the best people in the industry to be able to explain some of these things like uh like the the bob c Bihars and the joel jamesons and and diving into some of their training um that they had um and putting it together with with nutrition um you know like like the you know i've heard you talk about you know precision nutrition and, and so forth and 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 it, mm-hmm. and it all fits hand in glove um and uh it's just amazing that you know when you're listening to a class from john berardi on on precision nutrition how um, everything that he says completely agrees with the philosophies of these other people that he may not have ever met. Um, when um, you're looking at how the human body works and operates um, to be as healthy as possible, as, uh, and, and it's not in any kind of a conflict um, when you're actually looking out for the entire human body. So, um, so anyway, so that's kind of how I got into the space. Um, I just dove deep And I just followed my dream and my passion. I did, yes, uh, some triathlons. I I went as long as half Ironman. Um, uh, Part of that was just because as you become healthier in the gym, as you uh, become more efficient in your workouts, as you um, learn how to um, periodize your training better, whether it's periodizing cardio training, which most people don't do, um, or periodizing um, training or whatnot. Um, you can become more efficient with, with your workouts and, and things like doing something like a, a, a half Ironman or even possibly going longer, um, doesn't even feel very hard in a lot of ways because, uh, of how efficiently, um, you can, you can work at it. So, um, but, uh, that, that led me to, um, a lot of, um, um, really cool things in lifetime. I got to meet some of the most awesome people because eventually I got to travel the country. I got to um, sure. open clubs all over the country. I got to meet people like Luke. I got to meet people like um, uh, like you've you've um, interviewed a bunch of people. I know a bunch of them, which is awesome. Um, and a lot of those people, mm-hmm. um, well, actually, well, maybe not a lot, but some of those people I would not have met, um, and, and I would be listening to your podcast, uh, not knowing who this person is. But I got to meet them because I got to travel, and I got to meet. Some of the most intelligent people in the health and wellness space, and what always blew my mind is because I I got to specialize and learn and become really good at something, um, and, and and really what I was really what I was really good at was just learning how to test people and to um, understand their results and to help design and periodize a program for them. Um, it wasn't because I'm some great um you know mind that can think uh, people taught me um how to do this i i learned because i i literally probably did i was trying to figure it up today um before we started this maybe I somewhere between probably six and eight thousand metabolic tests you know hopefully by the time you've run that many thousand tests like you kind of know a little bit about what you're doing you know um And I saw some really awesome results with a lot of people, but I got to travel around. I got to meet some of the most intelligent people in the health and wellness space. And sometimes it blew my mind that I got to stand in front of people that I know had um, much better degrees than I uh, could ever think of getting um, that are smarter than me in so many other ways. And and I got to teach them. And I thought that was really, really cool um and it it made me really nervous actually a lot of times when i stood in front of entire teams got to teach them you know going like wow uh you know the some of these people in this room have master's degrees or you know maybe even more than that you know and um and here i am teaching them about how they can be a better trainer you know so anyway that's kind of a bit of bit of my story it's kind of like more broad and glossed over um, there's some, there's some bigger events in there, but we can, uh, they might come up, um, um, a little bit here and there, but I'm sure, like you said, if we, if we go through a few uh, episodes, I know that some of them will come up because they're pretty integral, probably into some different, um, realizations that I might've come across or when I learned something, um, along the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I didn't know most of that about you and I worked alongside of you. Um but well because when I met when I truly met you, I knew you were the grand opening guy. So you had already established yourself at at the very least. And then I just got to learn from you, which was amazing. Um, but didn't know like you started off by getting turned down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And
0: so and which is crazy. And thank you for like that motivational side of it of like if you're passionate about something, go for it because you literally went from being turned down to do what you want to do to teaching it. And you didn't mention it in your uh, story, but I know you told me like, you learned it and were so passionate about it to the point that like, you were part of making a certification, weren't you? Um, I,
1: well, I got to work in, um, I, I did get to help with certain things uh, At lifetime but there was actually um, there's another uh, personal training certification that I also have been able to yeah. do some consultant work for yes and um, so I get to be be a subject matter expert and I got to um, help uh, kind of I guess for simplistic way of doing is, is write the test questions and, um, and vet test questions that other um, subject matter experts wrote to make sure that they um, didn't conflict but then because you know that a strength trainer can uh, sometimes write a question that will probably conflict because they don't necessarily know or are, aren't a subject matter expert on cardiovascular or, or something like that. So we had to make sure that um, that, you know, that that type of thing didn't happen. But then, yes, I was invited to kind of um, uh, to to help develop a um, a cardiovascular um, type of a certification uh, specialized within within that um um uh, national certification um and, and develop a a a specialized course for that um unfortunately i didn't get to do that you know um you know so many things changed um you know so so quickly you know a few years ago and um you know i think i think i've probably you know maybe i've moved on you know maybe beyond that at this point <laughs> Um, I could probably be dragged mm-hmm. in for things like that because I would be pretty excited about it. Um, I, you know, yeah. I know that you're not a trainer anymore. Um, I, I, think I'm kind of a bit beyond, you know, that, that portion of my life. I did it for about 15 years. It's hard, <laughs> you know, um, it's hard,
0: it's a hard life.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, 15 years was, was, was a lot. Would I work with people again? Absolutely. I would, uh, but I think I listened to one of your, uh, podcasts where you talked about, um, um, you know, it is it, hard financially too, because, you know, when you lose clients for whatever reason it, it does, it changes your income. Um, you know, and, uh, that, that was, that was, I think was one of the hardest things where, you know, I had to manage that for about 15 years and, um, it's stressful. You know, and and because it's stressful, you end up putting a lot of other stress on yourself, like, um, uh, you know, getting up at four in the morning uh, to train somebody, but then, you know, making the um, exception to stay late to train somebody at 8pm or something, you know, and it's just, it's just, yep. it's just hard on you physically as a person. Um, so I don't think I would put myself through that again. But but absolutely what I do some, some of the other, um, you know, more educational teaching type of things, that kind of thing I love. Yeah, I would do that.
0: Perfect. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and speaking of educational and teaching type of things, you ready to get going into what we're going to call cardio basics. It's a working title, but now that I've said it for the podcast, it's, we're going to call it cardio basics.
1: (laughs) All right. (laughs) I guess that's what we're going with then. Yeah. So, uh, if you if you put it out there and it's in there, I guess that's what's it got to be right.
0: Exactly, working title, kind of. But <laughs> but I but where I want to go with this, like at the, like I said at the beginning, um, I want to be broad. I want to be general in the sense of like, like, yeah, I mean, just it's like a beginner, like learning. I guess like how we all start, um. Mm-hmm. So diving kind of head in with it and like at the baseline of it, like why is cardiovascular health important?
1: Okay, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but I think the, the, mm-hmm. the most basic of basic reasons um, for that is is um, the heart's the most important muscle in your body. <laughs> You know, um, you know, if, if, if a bicep stops working or a quadricep falls off or whatever, you know, you strain a hammy, um, you know, you, like you can, you can lose both of your legs and all the muscles there, you know, you, whatever, um, you can't go without a heart, you know, and, um, your heart is, it, it does a few things, um, besides you know pump the blood and keep you alive. Um, again, it is, I kind of briefly referred to it earlier, if you, you can look at it and it's and it's kind of like a stress meter for your body as well. Um, and you can tell a lot about a person's general overall health by how their heart is operating. And if your heart um, is, is not operating well, it's, it's, it's in this, um, system with all of the other systems in your body. And there's, there's probably something that's affecting it, but it's also probably affecting something else. So if you've neglected your heart, um, you won't ever have, um, the health or really, you know, for people that might be listening to you, um, you know, maybe it results in the gym um that 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 you want either or or at least you're shortchanging yourself on some of those results because you and me both know that there's a ton of of um bodybuilders that that really just don't don't do really hardly any cardio they go well i get some cardio from lifting and yeah you do um, mm-hmm. but you know they would never you know ignore a specific muscle group and just say well like you know my calves are kind of on their own because they're on the bottom of my leg when i squat or something you know uh you know most of them if they if they want to go into a show they're going to do certain things for their calves specifically right um because like you know i can't have mm-hmm. skinny calves when i'm standing up on a stage or whatever right um you know the thing is right. is you can't see your heart but the 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 issue is is that a lot of or what i'm i guess what i'm trying to say is that a lot of bodybuilders would be able to um maybe even have a better result if they periodized and paid more attention to the cardiovascular, um, exercise, um, as well as, um, you know, the other, all, all, everything else that they're training basically. And it's the same for the general population, mm-hmm. um, health. We, we seen that like, you know, it's such a large percentage of our population that is actually obese, not even just overweight, but obese. Um, and, you know, we're approaching this critical number of, of, you know, really it's, it's kind of, it's at the point now where, where somebody who's actually healthy is more, not the norm, uh, and people that are unhealthy are the norm. And, and, and you always hear cardiovascular disease in there. Um, but you can see it on the outside of somebody's body. You can see that their metabolism is not working properly when you're, you're walking down the grocery store aisle, you know? Um, you, you, know, we, and we have, we hear all these excuses of this or that, and, and we will get into a ton of those probably on different podcasts, um, and things, but a lot of it comes down to cardiovascular health. They don't have it. And, um, I think that's probably, right. um, a long way of saying that, you know, that that's really why, you know, cardiovascular, um paying attention to it, training, whatever you want to do or call it. It doesn't have to be necessarily like I have to go to the gym and do all these um, crazy things, but, you know, it must be paid attention to um, because most of
0: our society mm-hmm.
1: doesn't and most of our society is 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 sick in some way.
0: Right. No, and I 100% agree. And that's kind of a perfect lead into my follow-up question for this. And I'm going to preface it by saying like, I feel like when people hear cardio, they need to work on their heart health, whatever it might be. The first thing that comes to their mind is probably like getting out and running. Right. So my my follow up question was going to be like, you, you say it's important and they don't have cardiovascular health. How mm-hmm. do they or what are ways, but how do they get cardiovascular health?
1: Right. Okay. Um, I I like that question too. And it, and it really leads into something that I kind of like planted a seed in probably about 10 minutes ago in my story of, of, um, um, kind of knowing that this was coming to this a little bit, you know, you may have, you know, shot me a question or two before as well. Um, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, like I personally don't like to run right. A lot of people think that they should go run or they should, you know, whatever. Um, I like to ride bikes. And so I, I I planted that part of my story of like, I always rode a bike when I was a kid. I rode a bike all through college to and from work into the grocery store and wherever I want to go, partially because I didn't have money for a car, but also partially because I really liked to ride bikes, you know, and The grocery store was close enough for me to walk across the street, but I rode my bike across the street, even though I had to balance grocery (laughs) bags like on my handlebars on the way back, you know? You know, and it was really hard when you had the milk on one side and it was a lot heavier than the bread on the other side or whatever, you know? But like, I would ride my bike because I liked riding my bike. Um, I've, You know, I think I'm down to one bike here um, now. I'm about to add an exercise bike into my uh, new workout room. Um, probably gonna pay way more for one than I need to because I want one that's really nice, you know. Of course, um, yeah. But it's one of those things. Like, so we're we're gonna have a little bit of cardio in our exercise room here um, that we're just finishing up in in, in my house here, uh, and the kind of cardio is is like you know we discuss like do you want a rowing machine or you know we've only got enough room for really one piece of cardio equipment, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna be a bike. I mean, yeah, we threw some other things in there just to give them a chance or whatever. But for me, I like to ride a bike. Um, and so really like, what is it that you like, like to do? You know, um, you don't have to go run. You don't have, you know, uh, walking can be hugely beneficial um, as, a, as, a, as a great way to um, do 80, 85% of probably what you need to do. Um, and, and, in fact, you can probably turn walking into a hundred percent with, with a few minor changes, um, because there are some things that, that, that to have true heart health, to get all the benefits that you want to get out of, out of, um, being cardiovascular healthy, you do need to raise your heart rate a bit beyond just walking. Um, you know, you need to walk up some really steep mm-hmm. hills or, um, you know, it, um, you do, you know, do some things like that as well. But, um. But, yeah, like you can do anything you want. Like I've invited uh, your host here um to go rock climbing with me um, a few times. And we will. Yeah, I know we will. will. Um, we just have will, yet, you know, but I enjoy that kind of thing. and, um, you know, and it's it's alternate training in, in a way that I get to use a lot of different muscles. But at the same time, Um, when I get to the top of like uh, some of the walls that I think that we have in our, in our climbing facility are are 55 or 60 feet tall, you know, by the time you get to the top that you're huffing and puffing and your heart rate's up pretty good. You know, um, you can do so many things, um, for cardiovascular benefit that you like to do as opposed to like, I have to do it. And if you have to do it, you're, you and me both know, you're probably not going to do it for very long. You know, you might... Think I right. need to get some benefit, you know. The doctor told me I got to whatever, um, but find something that you like, or the, at least that you like enough to be able to stay with. Um, even if it's you know, you'd like mm-hmm. say, you even some walking or whatever, um, and start there, and then and then you can you can you know move on from there.
0: Yeah, I love that, and something that I was talking with Sarah, which I can say Sarah by her first name with you because we work together um but previous episode uh the nutrition episode but it works the same way here with you talking about like finding something that you like to do it's that it's the adherence side of it if you're not gonna Mm. like me getting out and i hate running as well or i don't like running no i hate running you may not like it i hate it (laughs) um Um, I like uh, it for a bit.
1: I don't like the first bit I, <laughs> getting out to do it. I don't like, then I get into it after a half a mile to a mile and I enjoy it for like two or three. And I'm like, why don't I do this more often? And then about mile five, I'm still a mile away from home. And I'm like, I know why I don't do this more often because this sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, My, my wife awesome always life. talks about runner's high and I'm still waiting to get that. So I don't,
1: there, there is a little there. bit in it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'll get,
0: I don't know if it's a runner's
1: high. It's just that this is actually fairly enjoyable at this particular moment, but the moment it doesn't last long.
0: Fair. <laughs> but, but where I was getting at that was like, if, if I was told that I need to start running, I'll do it for a month and then I'm not going to want to do it anymore because I just don't like it. Right. So it's fun. But what I do like, and what you just introduced was like, what I do like doing is I like walking outside and like, just kind of being not in nature, because I'm walking like through a neighborhood and listening mm-hmm. to a podcast. Like, I do like doing that. And making minor adjustments, like you were just talking about, like, taking maybe taking a group that has more hills or just right. speeding up a little bit to make right. the heart rate change and get higher. Those are little things that I wouldn't mind doing, because I'm still doing something that I like to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah absolutely and 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 the big thing is this too is is that um is like taking your example of walking and then sometimes taking those hills um and getting that heart rate um you know higher and, and and really the the key is is substantially higher you know and for shorter periods of time too not for super long periods of time um but it's 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 really kind of like that type of um thing works because you're really looking at it already in the correct way of like how much should be uh of a lesser intensity how much should be of a higher intensity because I didn't you and me both know we've seen people that like whenever they do cardio it's high intensity all the time it's hit training it's it's all the time. Um, you know it's uh, like I'm gonna get into that spin class and every single spin class is gonna be like you know to my limit um, and if I'm not like you know mopping up a a puddle underneath my bike at the end of every spin class then it wasn't successful Mm -hmm. if I didn't feel like I was going to throw up on the bike right you know and and that's what was really hard for me to understand when we transitioned to lifetime was was really as as applying the principles that that I was starting to teach people in my metabolic sessions and 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 programming and periodizing their workouts is like oh I need to start periodizing my cycle classes and you have no idea what it's like to take a cycle class in there that's used to mopping up that puddle underneath their bike and be like today we're going to work on what's called base training and we're going to be down at this like instead of like this level of like you know hitting like a zone five we're going to stay like zone one and two and we may touch three for like a minute or two and they're like what is this like i didn't come here for this you know and it's like no you're going to get better because you know, and um, but you know, and, but those are the mentality of certain people. Other people are like, I don't, I, you know, just just walking around the block is perfect all the time, or walking on a treadmill. Um, you know, I walk for twenty or thirty minutes on the treadmill. We see those people in the gym. They come in and they walk thirty minutes on the treadmill, and then they go lift a few weights and they're done. But they walk the same speed every day. You know, and you like you wouldn't come and lift. Right. You know, for if you wanted your biceps to get bigger, you wouldn't come in and pick up the 10 pound dumbbells and do three sets of 10 every day for 20 years and be like, like, why didn't I change? You know, um, you know, your, your body adapts, your heart adapts, your cardiovascular vascular system adapts and uh, you'll get so good and efficient at that, that it's, it's literally like doing it, it does. It does something for you, but it's
0: very little for you. Just like lifting that 10 pound dumbbell, you know. For sure. And you touched on something that I want to make sure that the audience understands. And you were talking about in your classes that you would train like zone one, zone two, zone three. Can you explain the different zones to people in the way that we talk about them? Sure. Um So
1: heart rate zones um, are, 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 they're kind of, I guess what we've pretty much done uh, for most, um, I guess most most things that you read, most most places that you go, you, you'll hear about five heart rate zones. Some places use more, some places use less, and and, and it really is is mm-hmm. because this, we this just kind of how what we've assigned to um, you know to the human body. We've we've kind of all mostly agreed that well let's call it five zones. You know um and 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 a zone is just a way of saying like kind of like a a a certain amount of intensity you know um so you know if you think of zone one it should be fairly easy you should be able to do it for a very 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 long time um and zone five um you should be able to literally do it almost for like seconds you know think of like max effort to run and jump off a cliff because the lion's right behind you or something like that. That's like zone five, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you're literally running Mm -hmm. as fast as you can. And you can only run that fast for a very short period of time before your body literally can't deliver the energy that you need to continue at that pace anymore. Um, and, and then the other zones are, are, are kind of in between where, um zone zone the top of like zone 3 is really kind of what we call our uh, most people call our anaerobic threshold and that's kind of kind of where you're getting into that super intense area of of I can't maintain this for very long because the energy systems that you're utilizing can't deliver the energy as fast as you're using it where once you're below that then you can if you've trained well, then you can keep up. Um, so you know, zone one, super easy. You could do that. That's like an all-day thing. Zone two, not an all-day thing anymore. It's definitely more intense. Like I'm starting to feel a little bit here, but you could do it for a really long time, um, especially if you've been training. You you know, you're you're probably talking in the in the uh, in the neighborhood of hours, right? Um, zone three, mm-hmm. you know, now mm-hmm. you're you're talking. Um, a well-trained athlete um you know maybe over an hour um and and it's different for everybody it's different on the activity so these are again really variable kind of things that we're talking about and if if we're talking about running or cycling or we're talking about um swimming or um or you know any kind of activity we could come up with it's it's going to be different amounts of time um you know, and it's going to be very specific to your training. You know, if you, if you train running and then I put you on a, on a rowing machine, well, the, you know, the same heart rate zones don't even apply anymore. You have completely different heart rate zones. Right. Um, so um, zone four is, is wow. Like I can do this for a, for a short period of time. It's very, very intense. Uh, and then a true zone five is like, I'm going to puke, you know, I'm, I better get to that cliff where the mm-hmm. lion's going to eat me or whatever, you know? So this, you know, in, in in a, in a, in really simple, easy terms, those are kind of just like perceived exertions of, of what those heart rate zones feel like, what your heart's actually doing, um, during those, um, times is, is either efficiently or not being able to efficiently deliver the energy that you need to be able to continue that activity. And the more that we train the heart, the more that it can fuel that activity and the more you'll be able to, um, continue a higher level of activity for a longer period of time. So I'll take a a, a Mm -hmm. minute to explain that. So like a lot of people will go into the gym, the, the hit people, especially like, um, sometimes, um, sometimes people who go to orange theory or or whatnot, uh, they're, they're, they're focused on like, I'm going to get my heart rate to this X number or their orange zone or whatever it is. Splat points. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that's very similar to going in and like max lifting every day. Right. Like you don't try to do your max every day Mm -hmm. that you're working. Yeah. Right. You know, um, and so let's say that you're just like i'm gonna start off being a runner we're gonna make luke a runner now okay so luke goes out today and we're saying Mm uh you know luke's gonna run a mile and when he runs a a mile his heart rate uh just just at running at uh five miles an hour he he, by the time he gets back because he's not very good at doing that he's not super efficient at doing this his heart rate's like 185 you know and you're in zone four you're like whoa that was probably pretty accurate (laughs) there you go all right so um our goal is not to make his heart rate go to 185 every day you know so that the next you know next month he's running at six miles an hour to make his heart rate be 185 and then the then the next month he's running at six and a half or seven to get to 185 no his goal is is eventually to be able to run that same five miles an hour and have his heart rate go from 185 to 160 or 150 and then we periodize and we move him up to six miles an hour eventually he can run at eight miles an hour and still have his heart rate be way lower than 185 and it doesn't feel stressful to him because guess what 185 feels Mm -hmm. it feels stressful you know and it's just like when you walk in and you have that job review and you think i'm gonna get fired and your heart rate's 185 that's stress okay making luke run is Mm -hmm. stress um you know, that's why sometimes when we eat um, something really high in sugar or certain carbohydrates or something like that, you can feel your or a lot of caffeine, you feel your heart rate going up, because it's actually stressing your body, you know, so that's what I kind of talked about your your heart being a, a, a gauge for how much stress are you actually under. And um, so our goal is to make things become less stressful. And then it translates to all of health um it translates to um uh, just being able to sit here and have a conversation and have a lower heart rate it translates to my immune system works a lot better so that when i get sick my body's under less stress because my heart can work so much more efficiently and effectively that it can actually deliver the 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 cells that need to go where they need to go to fight the infection off and to get well quicker and this is why you hear about um healthier people have much shorter recovery times or maybe don't get as sick or maybe don't get sick at all sometimes um and that cardiovascular system has everything to do with all of those aspects but it's also that gauge and that monitor which is why you know, Apple's building, you know, heart rate monitors into their watches. And, and, you know, we, some of, you know, a lot of us have worn these, from before the Apple watch, like the Garmin's or the uh, some of the other brands, the Fitbits and things like that. Um, the thing is, is it tells you a lot about how your body's operating. And I would challenge like people who listen to this, like, if you don't have a good night's sleep, just check just check out what your heart rate is the next day. And you'll notice that it's probably something like ten beats higher than it was the day before. Just doing your normal activities because today is more stressful than yesterday was because I didn't get any sleep last night. Um, and that's that's just one of those one of those things. It, it tells you what's going on in your body, but it also helps you understand how your adaptation is actually working uh, as you become healthier. Am I becoming healthier? I was able to walk around the block and my heart rate was 10 beats lower, man. You're doing a good job. You're, 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 you're progressing mm-hmm. now. How do we get to the next step or whatever? Um, but I don't know that, that's probably a long way around of, you know, kind of, uh, but it kind of, I think it helps people understand a little bit about what, what heart rate and cardiovascular health, um, uh, is and just a really simple way for people to measure it because so many people out there have mm-hmm. things like, Watches and Fitbits and things,
0: for sure. No, and I love it. And I love that answer because it. I mean, I could take it so many different ways, but I was actually taking notes while you were talking. And this this question I'm about to ask, we could probably just do a whole episode on. So probably, we'll be yeah. as general like, as we, we do can with it. Most of them. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but I want to. I'm going to also kind of pe- preface this question as far as like when we're talking to both like gen- general population or that that uh, person that just wants to get, like their doctor's telling them that they need to get improve their cardiovascular health, as well as that person that is in the Orange Theory classes chasing those splat points. Like right, why right. is it important for us to speed up? And why is it important for us to slow down? Right. Okay, cool. Um,
1: so it's, it's very important to have both low, lower intensity and higher intensity, um, for cardiovascular health and performance. Um, it's, and and I do like to compare it to periodizing, you know, um, strength training. So, so many people know what that is, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I start out, um, you know, with, with the lower weight and I eventually work up to, you know, less reps with higher weights and so forth. And that's super, super simplifying it. But eventually I get to, you know, what's my, what's my one rep max. And then the next time I go through this, I'm going to have a, a, I'm going to be able to lift an even heavier weight, you know, once I uh, make it through my next cycle. Um, It's, it's a lot the same way with, um, with cardiovascular health. And the only way that, that, that we get that health. The only way that I could sit here and um, say that I was unhealthy and just sitting here um, on the floor, you know, talking to me, my heart rate was 85. And then a year later, my heart rate was, was um, 55. You know, well, what that means is your heart is stronger. That means that your heart can pump more blood with each beat. It doesn't have to beat as often. So therefore it gets to rest kind of in a way more. Um, and it's not very stressful to your body but the only way to do that is to stress the heart you know the only way to be able to lift more weight is to lift heavier weights you know um you're not going to do it by always lifting a light weight we're not going to um, improve heart health much beyond a very basic level by just walking around the block and walking around the same block um, the same way every day for 10 years, you know, nothing's really going to change beyond the, the first, well, I didn't walk around the block and I did get slightly healthier because I started to walk every day. You're going to get some benefits from that, but we have to put some more stress on the heart. It in short periods of time, which means higher intensity bursts. And this is where things like hit training and so forth, um, can be effectively utilized. The problem is, is that we don't want to do high intensity all the time because it's really stressful. Okay. Nobody wants to work out like they feel like they're going to puke every single time. Well, some people might, but, um, but to be healthy, you know, you really don't, you know, but you do need to add that intensity in so that the heart can start to adapt. It can start. It's just like, it's just like your muscle groups. They go, wow, I got broken down in a way I'm really sore. I'm going to build that muscle up better so that that way, when I lift that weight again, it's not so bad. And, and, and you know, when I get put under that kind of stress again, then I know how to react and adapt and to lift that but the same thing with the heart. Okay. The heart will get better at pumping blood. It'll pump more blood with every single beat. So guess what? It gets to beat less so that when I go now walk up that hill, um, or climb that mountain on that hike that I wanted to do. Um, it's a lot easier than it used to be. The reason it's a lot easier is because your heart is healthier. It's pumping blood efficiently. It's delivering the energy to the muscles that need it to help you climb that hill. And you don't feel out of breath because instead of beating at 185, climbing that hill it was only beating at 145. And to, to, to make it go to 185, you'd get to go find a much bigger hill or you'd get to climb um, for a lot longer to get the heart rate higher. Um, You know, I could go on a, I only went halfway up that mountain before, and now this time I get to go all the way up that mountain because I'm not gonna be so huffing and puffing and out of breath and tired that I gotta sit under this rock while my friends continue on up the mountain because I just can't do it anymore. Um, that That will have so many benefits for Uh, the rest of your life but the the thing is is you have to have some of that high intensity to get that adaptation to get that change that you're looking for Um, just staying low intensity all the time you get some really great benefits from that but you don't get some of the benefits that you get from high intensity as well and you have to kind of have both just like you have to have in anything else in life you never really grow unless you're pushed it's the same thing with your cardiovascular system um we've all talked about like you know oh that was the hardest time in my life you know something really bad happened but boy my life got so much better when that happened and i i made it through it because it was stressful same thing with your cardiovascular system or any other kind
0: of training that you have Oh, that's that's perfect and then for anyone that might be listening on the flip side of that just is there any reason like besides or what are the byproducts of always going zone four, zone five? <laughs> um and why why do we yeah. need to slow down? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um the the byproduct of that is is like um it's it's just really stressful to the body. You know, so um I think a lot of times people think of stress as just mental stress. It's like, oh my God, like my boss was on me today. And, uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, my kids threw up over the back of the car when I was driving home and, and my day was just whatever. Right. And, um, and that's coming for you. Right. <laughs> um, so <How> it is, <laughs> uh, every kid throws up in the back of the car at least once. So, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> um, can't wait, but. But that's how most people think of stress. But we don't think of stress as, um, um, you know, just that the, in, in, a, in a cardiovascular way of zone four and zone five. We think that's good for us, right? But nobody would want that day to repeat itself over and over and over. You know, you, you, like you wouldn't wanna go to work and have the worst day ever every day, and then have like the worst family day ever when you get home and not be able to sleep because everything's so terrible like but that's what doing zone four and zone five is um like like when you do it every day and at first like i said you just like doing a lot of low intensity you're going to get some benefits from doing the high intensity you're going to get some some cool adaptations and the heart is going to learn how to operate better under high stress you're going to um you know you um you know there's there's some there's some great things that happen but you're gonna start to break your body down by doing those kind of workouts all the time. You're gonna start to run into injury as well. Um, besides Mm -hmm. that besides not getting some of the cardiovascular adaptations that you're really looking for. Um, you know, there's, um, you're just not, you're gonna find that probably over time, instead of improving your performance is gonna decrease because, you know, imagine coming in, um, to work and, You know and and you've already had the worst like four weeks in a row do you really think that that you're going to perform better having a worse fifth week in a row like no it's the same thing with your workouts you're going to start to realize that like i'm trying to run faster or i'm trying to you know row further in five minutes or whatever it is or you know complete my 500 meter row faster but i keep getting actually slower And and the body doesn't have enough time to recover to um, to be, you know, and some of the things that happen to the heart at lower intensities are um, you actually allow more time for blood to enter the chamber so that your heart can actually practice pumping a higher volume of blood. But if your heart's always beating so quickly, you actually don't have time for uh, any more blood to enter the chamber because it's already on to the next beat. You know, so some of those things only happen at lower intensities but certain parts of that adaptation only happen because we put extra stress on the heart too. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I I love that. And thank you for answering that question, because I think that's super important. And when you, and it's just like what you're talking about with like the stress of like work and working out the same way. Like there, there's a point of diminishing returns when you do it that, do that, do it that way. And and in the fitness industry, we would typically, or at least I always called it like overtraining syndrome or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, right. um, where, where, yeah, I mean, you, you just break down and that, and I think of stories. And I think we've all at least heard one story of someone that like, quote, unquote, works themselves to death, like works themselves into a heart attack because there's just so much stress on them. Mm-hmm. So it, it is super important. and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just super important. So I wanted to make sure that we highlighted like why we need to speed up, why we need to slow down. Right. Um and now and going going from that, I want to go into and I'm gonna kind of give you the platform because you're we we're talking about earlier the subject matter expert. What coming <laughs> from, from being a subject matter expert means you get a lot of questions posed to you. Right. But like what are some of those most common questions that you get from people? Um, some of the most common questions are always
1: like, you know, kind of like what you asked earlier, like, what should I do, you know, there's a lot of people like you said, you know, expect they should run or, um, or you know, so, you know, get on a treadmill or something like that. And that's, that's definitely not not what we're telling you to do. Like I said, you know, I kind of already said, you know, do do more of what you like, uh, or at least what you dislike the least. Um, you know, and a lot of people are are worried about like where, where they start, that it's not enough. And in honestly, like, yeah. you know, just starting anything it, it is good. Even if you don't know how to do it, even if you don't have any direction, like, you know, going for, you know, a half a mile walk or, or whatever is, is a great place to start because you've got to start to change that mental mindset. Not only that, but just going outside and walking, you're going to, you're going to get your heart rate up some, without even really feeling it that much. You know, if, if you were to wear a heart rate monitor, you would notice that um well great. I was sitting on the couch and it was, you know, I don't know, 75 or something like that. And I was out walking around and it was 115 or 120. Um and that's already like a really mm-hmm. great start for a lot of uh, a lot of people. Um you know, so so don't feel like because I don't know anything I can't do it. Like like just start, you can start to figure it out along the way as you've already started. You don't have to learn everything before you start something. Um, go ahead and start. Because, you know, sure. most people don't generally jump right into the high intensity of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go run around the block, you know, five times, you know. Um, you, one, you don't want to, and two, it, it wouldn't feel good, <laughs> you know. So, um, <laughs> you know, and that's not that's not the place to start, you know, and you could add some of that in later, even again, without direction, you can start to figure it out, but you can listen to your body too. And it tells you, um, you know, when you're overdoing it, um, and, and when you're not doing enough, cause when you're not doing enough, a lot of times you have just as much pain, um, or soreness or, or whatever, from just sitting around too much, you know, um, you know, the joints ache because mm-hmm. they're, they're not moving, um, and the heart's not pumping, uh, hardly any blood to, to them because you, you're not moving. So, um, but some of those are the questions um, that I get I, I, and then I from the gym, I always got a lot of the high intensity questions and and really, it wasn't even questions really more. It was more of of I think people looking for affirmation that um, that um, and, and I think we talked briefly about this right before the podcast started of of what I'm doing is is correct, right and and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, see those diminishing returns that you just talked about, Um, you know, and and because they're starting to overwork themselves um, in some way. And and a lot of times people are looking for an affirmation of, well, if I continue on this path, I I will get better, right? And and that is the time when maybe you do need to seek some direction. But it's the same thing on on the other side as well. I, I do see it a lot of times where people will have other severe issues of, of like oh well i've got a thyroid issue and i've got um you know pre-diabetes and this and that going on so i really can't do a lot of these um you know activities or you know or you know my doctor said i really shouldn't exercise intensely or something like that and they i think they're again i think they're looking for an affirmation of of, yeah, well, you're just in a bad situation and there's not anything that you can do to correct that. And I would say that that's wrong as well. And and I think part of it is, is again, if you listen to yourself and and that person that's sitting there and they're really not doing anything and they have a lot of those issues, um, you're probably making like your thyroid issue or your pre-diabetes or something worse by not doing any of those things. And I think a lot of people do realize that when they go on a vacation, uh and they they are more active than they are at home because like i was out walking around rome or i was um you know at this uh national park and i like walked around and saw the geysers or something like that right and they go man i felt a lot better you know uh, a lot of that is is because you are just being more active and getting up and, and 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 moving around and getting a little bit of cardiovascular activity as a part of that and um and i think that um that's what i run into is sometimes it's not even people asking for direction they're asking for the affirmation of of like well i'm kind of on the path that i'm on so tell me that that what i'm doing is correct because that's kind of what i want to hear um i don't really want to hear that i might have to do something different because i might have to change my whole way of thinking like i either got to get up off the couch or or maybe i got to slow down a little bit and and people who um are, are trying to achieve those personal bests sometimes or um or trying to achieve really rapid weight loss or something like that um you know feel like i will lose weight faster if i go faster on the treadmill you know as opposed to going slower yeah. and because it, it doesn't make sense to people you know that maybe i do need to go slower um or, or at least for a, a a very specific portion of what i'm doing um, but most people will naturally fall into a rhythm of, of what we go, what we call 80% low intensity. Uh, and then that 20%, you know, is, is moderate and high, uh, intensity with the smallest portion mm-hmm. of high intensity. Um, most people will naturally kind of, uh, want to gravitate towards something like that. Uh, cause we, we tend to, as a, as a society like high intensity, less, you know, um, I think most people, you know, Yeah, there's some people that are gluttons for punishment. We know yeah. that. But yeah, so that's kind of, some people want
0: to watch the world burn. Like,
1: yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) And some people like that, you know, they like the pain of, of being in in the, in the gym, you know, or, or, and and just barely being able to walk out the door, you know, um, you know, so, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, I, you know, like, yeah, there should be a day like that once in a while, you know, but it should not be every day. If Mm -hmm. it's every day, then you're going to have, um, you know, uh, you're gonna have problems just like the person who doesn't do anything, different problems, um, but eventually they lead to the same place of probably, you know, you not being able to do anything. Sometimes not being able to manage blood sugar and things like that um, because, you know, you're, you're actually training your body um, to become dependent on carbohydrates um, by training too hard. And, uh, and that's, that's an issue that, that you can create with exercise uh, which most people might fall into by not exercising. And so you can actually come full circle, um, by, by going too hard all the time. Wow. But it's, uh, yeah, it's I, so some of it is just people asking, how do I get healthier? And some of it is people asking you to just, um, um, tell me that what I'm doing is right. So that if I keep doing this, that I don't have to change anything. Cause I really don't want to, you know?
0: Fair enough. No. And I appreciate you sharing that. And, oh, And I'm going to kind of take what I'm about to say kind of full circle, but where where I want to say is like for those people that are listening that might be super out of shape, still on their couch, haven't even started working out. And we're talking about this stuff. I feel like what Paul's really at the beginning was very much saying like, don't get analysis paralysis, just start moving. Like you have to start somewhere and then on the whole flip side of it of the high intensity junkie like be, you're those type of people like be smart listen to your body type yeah um but i i would be and this will probably be my last overall question for you for this podcast because i think one we're over an hour two we could go and a lot longer there's so much more i want to pick your brain about right. but i would not be doing myself justice if i didn't ask you to tell me and any of my bodybuilder friends that are listening why is it important for bodybuilders to do cardio even in their bulking phase
1: right um it's it's important to do cardio in your bulking or, or any time um um mm-hmm and and pro and really pretty much all the time because your heart is responsible for for delivering the energy that you need to to lift whether it's for a competition whether it's just because i want to look a certain way um or or whatever you know I, i'm trying to achieve a personal best um you know here here's the thing that you can do you, like we've all seen the, the bodybuilder that that um, sits around for 10 minutes between sets, you know, some of that's they're chatting <laughs> with everybody, you know, but some of it too is, is because there are some that just don't really do any cardio and and, and it takes so much longer to recover for the next set. And if your heart is efficient right. and your cardiovascular system is up uh, above par and working really, really well, then you, there, one of two things can happen. Um, or and both will actually happen but but either one you can get get your workout in a little bit quicker because you're going to recover faster between sets um and you don't have to wait so long and and i've seen some some um lifters that that once they kind of grasped this concept and and did a few cardio uh, tests with us and actually periodized the cardiovascular program like saw huge differences in how they felt for their next sets. And they're like, my later um, sets at the gym were way more effective than they were before because I felt better. And that's because you, you get to deliver the oxygen and the, the energy and the nutrients that you needed to those muscles so much more efficiently. Second thing that can happen is let's say that you still talk to the same people for 10 minutes between sets, you know, and, you know, and we know that there's like a diminishing recovery each set that you do. So let's just make this like really super simple and say that you walk into the gym and you're exact you're 100 percent today and you do set one. And then, you you know, once you're all warmed up and ready to go and you you really get into your workout, you do your first you know, set and you go from 100 percent and you're at like 50 percent and you're recovering and you recover up to. Ninety percent because you stood around for ten minutes, you know, and then you do your next set, and then you recover, and you're up to like eighty or eighty-five percent. And you know, we know that you know, the longer that you go, you know, you're just going to be spent, and you you have to have, uh, you got to have a few days to recover or whatever. Um, The thing is, is you still stand around for that ten minutes when you have a really efficient cardiovascular system, you could be almost really close to. You won't be a hundred percent, but you could be higher than the ninety. You could be like. 95, 96, you know, and how much more effectively are you going to, uh, lift? The other thing is, is when do most bodybuilders get injured? It's usually as you start to fatigue and if you are less fatigued going into those later sets, your form is better. Um, you know, then you have a way less chance for injury as well. And those are really, really important things for bodybuilders because nobody wants to take six weeks off to rehab something or or longer, you know? Um, Man, think of what you lose, right? You're like, man, I got to recover all of this ground again. And that's really where a very well-functioning cardiovascular system can serve you extremely well as a bodybuilder. They say you don't have to go run. You don't have to go bike long distances. Um, You can literally like walk on a treadmill not even at a fast pace and just be adjusting incline in a periodized way. um, So that, so that your cardiovascular system gets stronger. You can do it on an elliptical machine or, or, you know, or an exercise bike or whatever you want to do to do that and make it part of your workout routine. And, you know, I would, I would put this up against anything and say that you will see better gains, um, you know, as you progress, later on because your form will be better you'll be better recovered think about a competition if you're actually in a competition um you know and and you're doing um you know you have to you have to lift heavier and heavier and heavier you want to be more and more and more recovered if you have a better cardiovascular system than the guy next to you your chances of winning are are better you know if you're up there and your heart rate's already jacked up You know from your previous lifts and you're still trying to recover like you're just not going to do um you're just not going to do as
0: well you're going to tap out sooner you're just not going to be as successful i love it and i think that also worked it works for both those bodybuilders and those power lifters and what i'm thinking and i was more on the bodybuilding side but like we worked with carlos who was on the power lifting side yeah um but when you start when you start thinking about like. Cause it, it, like we were talking about before it, it all comes full circle. So like a lot, the big thing in like bodybuilding right now is like training a muscle group multiple times a week mm-hmm. because, because you're, it's getting more volume. It makes sense. like, Oh, yeah. as long it, it grows better, grows faster, whatever. Right. But when you combine but if you combine it with better recovery, you have more, you are able to be more intense because like you were just talking about, if you can recover from a hundred percent to you, originally you wouldn't recover, take that two minute rest or whatever. And you're back at 90. Well, if you're at 95, you can hit that with more intensity, which Absolutely. means you get more out of it. Now, if you, now, if your cardio is better and you trap, you trashed your legs on Monday and it, and you're like just, barely able to recover to hit it hit your legs again on thursday or whatever um but now you feel but now your cardiovascular system's better you're recovering faster you feel like you could have hit legs on wednesday how much better is that workout on thursday gonna be now
1: man it's gonna be be 10 times better you know i mean right from the get-go too i mean you know you know how it is you walk in and you feel the difference right away you know oh, you're man. like oh man like this is going to be a slog today or like man <laughs> we can hit this hard today i'm feeling good
0: you know like wow yeah. let's
1: do this you know yeah
0: no i love it and th- and thank you for answering that um but paul we are coming up on coming up on an hour 15 <laughs> um
1: all right so
0: how i do want to close this interview out and we've talked about it before we're going to have you back so don't don't worry about not getting enough knowledge in this one episode there will be plenty of knowledge to go around from Paul um but if people wanted to continue a conversation with you and mm-hmm. learn more or heck they may they may want to work with you on their cardio how, how would they get in touch is there a way that they can do that
1: yeah um I, i'll just give you my email and then you can put it in your show notes or whatever um, as well, sure. and people can click on that link or whatever. Um, it's just P Bangs B E N G D S, which is my last name, which is really crazy. So you probably have to look at it on the on the uh, on the app or the show notes or whatever. <laughs> um, at, at Yahoo uh, dot com is where I'm at, um, and um, I don't really do a lot of social media um, anymore. Uh, I used to when I was training a lot. Um, I find that it's better for mental stress as well because there's just so much crazy stuff out there. Um, I do miss keeping up with some friends. I wish Facebook was more like it used to be when it first started with just seeing your friends and stuff, but I get tired of all the other the other stuff. And so I really just don't do too much social media anymore. Um, and, uh, maybe someday I will, but, uh, that's just kind of my personal thing at the moment. And I, I feel like I'm better for it. I like listening to podcasts. I like listening to positive things. Um, and I, I pick up the news where, you know, I get the news, but, uh, you know, I don't need it from all the social media. So unfortunately you won't find me too much there. You'll find some of my stuff out there if you look for it, but it's all pretty old. So.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. And if anyone's watching on YouTube, it will be below Paul on your video. And, but as always, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts, it's going to be in the description, reach out to Paul probably pretty quick to reply he's always been really good about that um yeah and i love talking about i want to say in case you
1: couldn't tell so it's you know so i'm always happy to talk to people and help you get started or figure out what you want to do
0: yeah love it but paul i do want to say thank you again for coming on we're going to a hundred percent have multiple episodes, you and I will start game planning on what we're going to specifically cover. But I think this was a great first step. But I do seriously want to thank you for coming on and sharing yeah. this information with us. And it's been very beneficial, even for me, who got to work with you for we'll just call it a year. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm still learning so much from you.
1: Cool. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I look forward to being back uh, again and, uh, and to you know, see all the uh, all the people that you interview. I, I really um, appreciate this uh, what you're doing for everybody.
0: Thank you, thank you. Well, Paul, once again, thank you. Say bye to the people, and all we'll right. catch you guys next time. Okay, have a good one. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of the Helpful Huddle podcast, where I interviewed Paul Bangs about cardiovascular health and basics. Remember to give us a like and a follow on Instagram. TikTok, and Twitter with the user handle at helpful underscore huddle and the YouTube channel at helpful huddle podcast. You are also able to listen to us on both Spotify and Apple podcast. The links are also found in the description below. Please reach out with your questions on topics that you would like to learn about in the future.